Topic for today, Dynamic DNS. I will never forget, I was at bar camp about this time last year, and some guy was sitting around talking about how in order to increase uh, the safety of his uh, internet usage there at the convention, he was going to SSH to his computer at home and I guess open up a, um, you know, like do an X forwarding and surf the web, basically, you know, bouncing off of his computer at home via this essentially SSH tunnel that he set up to his to his home computer. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. Sounds pretty neat. I wonder how that's done. And I asked, and you know, everyone's really helpful, but. Sometimes it takes a while for things to sink in, depending on who you are and how much about networking you know about, and I don't really know that much about networking. So it took me a while to, uh, to number one, get around to actually sitting down and really investigating this. I knew what SSH was, but up until very recently, it only really SSH'd within my local network. So to be able to be out and about with my triple E PC, um, and then decide to SSH home, you know, for a file that I've forgotten, or, or just to, uh, you know, check something on my computer, whatever. I didn't know how to do that. In order to do that, you have to use a dynamic DNS service. And what is a dynamic DNS service? Well, Thomas Jefferson described dynamic DNS as a method or network service uh, that provides the capability to a networked device using the IP protocol suite. So that would be your computer or a router or whatever. Um, To notify a domain name server to change in real time, also known as ad hoc, the active DNS configuration of its configured host names or addresses. So in plain English, and that was from Wikipedia, uh, in plain English, it's basically if you're out and you want to talk to your home computer via the interwebs, you need a bridge between you you two. You can't just you know type in your local your your local area network IP address like 192.168.1.0 or something and expect to find your home computer obviously um so in order to do this I'm just going to go through uh the process step by step basically it's it's actually pretty easy there are free services that will do this for you uh you just have to set it up so it's the setup that I'm going to go over 
The places that you can sign up for accounts are noip.com, that is no-ip.com, as in you have no static IP address, no-ip.com. Another one that I I keep hearing about I have not tried is dyndns, d-y-n-d-n-s.com. Um, I've heard they're really good as well. It's just for what I, whoever I asked first talked about no IP, so that was the one that I knew about, and that was the one that I tried and kind of just invested the most into, so I just I went with them. But, but both of them, as far as I know, have free services. If you want super fancy feature, feature-rific um, service packages, y- you can pay. But just their basic... Um, simple IP um, forward or their um, dynamic DNS service is free. So go to one of those two sites. Maybe go to No IP just because that's what I'm going to be covering. Noip.com. Sign up for an account. They'll email you. They'll make sure you're a real person. If you're not a real person, you will uh, you will probably not be able to open an account. If you are a real person, you'll respond to the email, and then you can go to noip.com and log in. Okay, so once you've logged in, you'll actually see the IP address that they're picking up from you on that computer in the upper left-hand corner. You can trust that, or what I like to do, just in case, is I like to go to whatismyip.org. That is, whatismyip.org. No, it's not. It's whatsmyip.org. Whatsmyip.org. Um, or you can just Google. I mean, just Google the words, what is my IP address, and it'll come up with a billion sites that will basically read your IP address and then feed it back to you. So let's just assume that the IP address that I got shown was 23. 23. Okay, really easy to remember. Um, so what you do is you go to the uh, noip.com. Oh, and by the way, I've got graphics for all this stuff. So what you can do right now, if you're at work or in front of a computer, uh, go to straightedgelinux.com/interweb. That is straightedgelinux.com/interweb. That's got basically everything that I'm going to be talking about right here. Um, Lots of graphics. It's going to be pretty difficult to screw this one up. Okay. First step after you've gotten your IP address. You log into noip.com and on the left column there is the um, your your domains that you can manage or your DNS that you can manage. And you click on the add button. That will give you an add a host window and there you can pick out your host name so that would be instead of for instance www.whatever.com you know it'll be something so let's just say that I'm going to do a fan site for the sci-fi show Lex L-E-X-X Lex dot and then they give you a drop down menu of the possible the free domains that you can choose from so they they have set domain names um there's there's a couple of good ones. I don't I didn't honestly I don't care because I just I'm using it for my personal use. It's not really I'm not setting up like a web server here. 
Uh, I'm just, this is just so that I can go out and SSH back home. But let's just say that I wanted to sound cool, and so I take geekgalaxy.com. All right, that works. Um, the host type is just going to be a DNS host. That's all I want is I want them to take my IP address and put a name in a DNS server somewhere for that IP address. Simple as that. And then down below that, you see the IP address. I think auto-magically it has the IP address that they've detected that you're you're on right now. So if you're on another computer configuring this for a different computer, you'll want to enter in the IP address manually. But verify that it's right, and if it's if it's what IP address you want to talk to eventually, um, then just go for it. Uh, you hit save or apply or whatever down at the bottom, and now it has taken the name that you've given it, lex.geekgalaxy.com, and it has pasted that over, you know, 23.23.23.23. Okay, so now if you, you type in lex.geekgalaxy.com, you will go to, in theory, that IP address, 23.23.23.23. Now, I say in theory because two things. One, it takes a couple of minutes for it to kick in. And then two, your computer needs to be configured so that it will accept whatever kind of traffic you're going to send its, send its, send to it. Um, what kind of traffic you're going to send to it depends on why you're doing this. Um, I am doing it for SSH. I just want to be able to SSH into my box. I don't want to do anything else. No web servers, no email servers, nothing like that. I just want to SSH. It's neither here nor there. The way to do it, right? So I guess the simplest way is to go into your Linux machine, find your firewall application. Um, not all distros will have a GUI configuration panel for, for firewall. Um, mine does. It's Fedora 9 KDE desktop. It's got a firewall app right there in the administration uh, category. So if you're on something you know that does provide you that, there you go. If not, just go back. I think there was like, I know that there was a Linux action show where Chris just talked all about firewall um, applications. Um, I'm sure there are probably a couple of other podcasts out there that have mentioned firewalls and good ones to uh, to use. So you can you can do that. You can also do this with IP tables. So if you just don't want to do the GUI thing or you just can't decide which firewall configuration application that you want to use, you know, just do it with IP tables. But let's assume that you've got a firewall configurator, and so you're going to open that up. By default, on a Fedora system, everything's turned off. Um, so what I did was I just enabled the SSH, which is port 22. And the kind of traffic that is, is going to be TCP, as opposed to like UDP or something else that some person who knew something about networking would probably be able to rattle off really quickly. So it's port 22, that's SSH. You can enable that. 
you're going to be tempted to enable the www protocol, the HTTP port 80, because you're going to be like, you know, I could just set up a little web server and it could be fun. Don't do it. It's too dangerous. People will turn your computer into a zombie. Um, yeah, I left that one alone because I don't know what I'm doing. So SSH, good enough for me. Um, but you can do all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, you can do www, you can do uh, secure HTTP, you know, Samba, um, open VPN, you know, just whatever you're going to set up. Um, now, like I say, if you don't know, if you don't have a firewall configuration application, just open up a terminal, and you're going to cd into slash etsy slash sysconfig. And in there are is the uh, IP tables um, document. So vim IP tables or nano or whatever text editor you want to use, you'll you'll have to be root for that. So su and then put in your password or sudo whatever you do. Uh, open up IT, I, IP tables in a text editor, and you're going to want to add one uh, line to this. It's going to be dash capital A space, all caps, input, space, dash P, space, TCP, space, dash M, that's M as in, ah, I forget what it stands for, M as in Mary, anyway, uh, space, TCP, space, dash, dash, S port, that's S as in Sam, port, space, 22, space dash m as in mary the word state space dash dash state space established space dash j space accept easy right okay you might want to put a comment above it just to kind of identify that as something new that you've added recently you know just so you just so you have it there for yourself so that if you've totally screwed things up or you want to turn this function off you can go back and turn that off I'm no expert in, in IP tables, so if there's a better way of doing that, someone can certainly either tell me or leave it in a comment uh, on on um, on the Hacker Public Radio's uh, site under this this episode. I I will even offer to revise this episode if if I've done something really really awful with that IP table line. Um, so there you go. That that'll that'll open up port 22 is what that's going to do though going to allow, it's going to listen on port 22. Now, if you go to your web browser and put in uh, lex.geekgalaxy.com, suddenly things start to happen. Well, actually, in your web browser, nothing will happen. But if you go into your um, terminal and SSH space your username on that computer at lex.geekgalaxy.com, GeekGalaxy.com, it will finally ask you for a password and whether you accept the key and all this other stuff. And you should be able to just SSH right in and open up a, a, a terminal or forward the, the X window server, whatever you want to do. Um, you're now inside your box from afar. Except one thing. What if you've got 
one of them fancy wireless routers on your home network. And so your your router is sort of acting like um, its own little firewall. It's probably not going to let port 22 traffic into it. And so you're going to have to go into your router before you, you know, before this, any of this will work, and you're going to have to uh, do some port forwarding. Because basically the router, I mean, it is a fi it's a little firewall in a way because it's sitting between your computers and the World Wide Web out there, and it's it knows that the only traffic that should be coming from outside your house. Uh, really is, you know, the World Wide Web stuff, the port 80 or 8080, whatever it is. Uh, so to get to get it to say that port 22 is going to be uh, forwarded to one of your computers, you need to go into your router. Now, if you've never configured your router, and again, probably the audience of Hacker Public Radio, probably everyone's done that. But if you haven't, I mean, it's really easy. Just look on the back of the router, the bottom of the router, find out what little IP address it 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 has by default if you haven't changed it already. Um, usually it'll be like either 192.168.0.1.0 no, or 0 0.1 or 10.0.0.1. just kind of depends on the company. But it'll be something very, very similar to that. And you can change that. As long as it's like within 192.168.something.something, you know, 0 through 255, I guess, uh, you'll, you'll be fine. But anyway, so that's your router. Go into it. You'll probably need to type in a password and a username. And if, it's, if that username and that password is admin and password, now would be a great time to give it something a little bit more personal. And once you're in there, it's going to unfortunately differ for every router. It just really, really depends on what brand it is. I happen at the place that I'm living right now. I've got a Netgear router. It doesn't belong to me, but it's what I've got. You go into it. I found the uh, port forwarding slash port triggering control pane go into that, and the the ones that they gave me were like FTP, HTTP, Age of Empires, Quake, Real Audio, just Telnet, bizarre bizarre choices. Um, but it was easy to add, an, add a custom service. I just clicked on Add Custom Service. I gave the, the service a name, just a plain text, human-readable name for my own reference, SSH. Uh, start port, end port, both of them are 22, and then the server IP address would be, you know, whatever the, the IP address of the computer that you actually want to SSH into. So I've got that configured to like, let's say, uh, 10.0.0.8. That would be the computer that I'm actually going to on my my internal network. Now there may be a way to configure that to some kind of uh, device that will allow you to, you know, SSH into any one of your computers on your internal network. But I haven't gotten that far yet, uh, and I don't really have the need to do that. So I'm pretty happy right now with just being able to uh, 
SSH into my, my main uh, workstation. And that's how it's done. So if, as long as you're doing that, you've got your router, you've got your little port forwarded from the router to the physical computer, uh, you've got the DNS assigned to your real-world IP address, you're good to go. One more catch is that the reason you're doing all this is because you don't have an, a static IP address, right? If you had a static IP address that never changed, then you wouldn't be doing this. You'd, you'd be able to go anywhere and just type in the IP address and you'd be fine. Um, the thing about that is, though, that it doesn't... You know, not many of us have the privilege of having a static IP address. And usually the IP address is going to... You know, it's a dynamic IP address from our ISP. Now, the good news is that I have talked to a lot of different people and they've all said the same thing, and I have found it to be very true, is that your, even though it is technically not a static IP address, your your real-world IP address just doesn't seem to change that often. Like if you go, if you just start right now going to what is my what's my IP dot org, like every every week, just check your IP address. I'll bet you anything, it'll be the same, like practically every time. That's how it's been for me. It's been like that. For for a good two months now, it's been the same exact address. I've not not worried about it, and it was like that at my previous address as well. Uh, I don't I don't think probably in about a year I don't think my IP address changed. I, I don't I didn't really ch check it every every month or anything, but I, I I'm pretty sure for a very long time it did not change. So it wasn't really a problem, and, I, and that that's good because I called my ISP at one point and asked about a static IP address and it was going to be really expensive. So just, I wouldn't even worry about it. But if you're checking and you're finding that it is changing a lot, then what you might have to do is download a little application that noip.com offers, and I'm sure DYNDNS offers one as well. Um, but I know that noip.com offers it for Linux, um, as well as other platforms. And you can go, you can download this application, and it's basically just a little app that sits and checks what your IP address is, your outside IP address is, and if it changes, then this application detects that and lets noip.com know that it has changed and it adjusts accordingly. Um, and again, that's just part of the free service, so you can just download that and, and get it started, and you should be good to go. And that's how you do dynamic DNS. I hope this has helped some people. Um, have fun, and don't don't open up, you know, yourself to any trouble out there. It's it's a big worldwide web, so just you know, only do what you need to do. Be secure. Use you know good passwords and all that other good stuff. Um, don't hesitate to check out the uh, the tutorial online. Again, it's at straightedgelinux.com slash interweb. I-N-T-E-R-W-E-B. Lots of screenshots on how to do everything I've talked about. Makes it pretty uh, simple. So have a good time. Enjoy. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.